Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Thursday edition of the program, live in studio. It's been a while since I've been here at the Big X Studios in Jeffersonville, but glad to be with you. We do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We are moving closer to a big weekend. That is IU in Kansas at noon on Saturday. That is going to be a huge opportunity for this Indiana team. And we've got a little news to break here. It's, I guess, breaking news. But Coach Woodson saying that Jalen hood Shafino uh, is practicing this week and uh, it's not as serious uh, of an injury as what maybe people had feared. When you hear back and issues, and, and pain, obviously, it's concerning. But I think it's something that's been with the Hood Shafino for a while now, even dating back to his high school years at Montverde Academy down in Florida. So perhaps Hood Shafino back on Saturday, maybe He's still getting back in the swing of things and doesn't play Saturday, but it does sound like his return could be nearing closer and closer, which I think that is a really good thing for Indiana. Get the freshman more time, get him. Uh, we saw at times what he could bring as a freshman to this team, but uh, get through some of these big early season non-conference games and see if he's ready to elevate his game to another level when the first of the year and the Big Ten conference games get here for the rest of the way. So plenty to get to today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment, we've got our daily news and headlines of the day. We'll talk some IU basketball, a football note to pass along as well. Also a couple local notes. I want to give a shout out today here in the opening segment to New Albany graduate Julian Hunter. He is having an outstanding season so far at IU Kokomo, so we'll tell you about some recent honors for him. And don't forget uh, UofL Volleyball tonight uh, in the Final Four. It's late, 9.30 or after is when that game, I believe, is set to go. Uh, it'll take place after the first Final Four game, semifinal game tonight. And CC Rush, a Providence alum, uh, having a solid year once again for the Cardinals and can they take a step forward to the national championship game coming up this weekend we shall find that find out tonight and I can tell you one thing uh, there'll be a lot of Providence folks and and Southern Indiana folks but Providence folks specifically following uh, Miss CC tonight and the Cardinals so we wish her the very best of luck in the big final four contest tonight and we'll cover some other things here in the opening segment as well later in the hour Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will be with us. Our chat with Alex each week is now brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, Alex will help us get ready for the IU Kansas contest. Uh, we'll talk about Jalen Hood Shafino 
with Alex today. We'll go through some of the early happenings in the Big Ten Conference. Of course, Purdue, number one in the country right now. We'll discuss that as well with Alex when he joins us in segment number two today and more. And then later in the show, we'll get set for high school hoops this weekend. Uh, Big one on Friday night, Providence and Floyd Central. Silver Creek and Jeff also a Friday night game as well. So uh, not uh, not that New Albany-Floyd Central game, but Providence-Floyd Central is a big one. Silver Creek Jeff has become a big one with how good the Dragons have been in recent years. Uh, So that should be, I think, a competitive contest on Friday. So we'll talk about some of that, get ready for some of that uh, later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. We'd love to hear from you, your questions, your comments can help drive the direction of our program each day. Uh, Certain IU player you want to talk about or sound off on or a prediction for IU in Kansas this weekend, whatever it may be, you can send those in to me during our show at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito in any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast today on Thornton's. So make sure that you check that out. And again, love to hear from you. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line number. All right, let's get into some headlines for the day. First and foremost, uh, Indiana freshman Jalen Hood-Shafino is going to practice on Thursday, according to Mike Woodson. Uh, Hood-Shafino has missed Indiana's the last three games. He had some back soreness, a back injury, but it sounds like he's beginning to maybe get back in the swing of things today. Coach Coach Woodson, Woodson said earlier this morning in a pregame availability for the Kansas game, quote, Today we're going to start him out on the floor and see if he can go practice. The last few days he's kind of shot around, done some things, and he's moving around. So today we're going to let him bang a little bit and see where he is tomorrow. Of course, uh, that that's far from saying that he's going to play in the Kansas game on Saturday, but it does sound like this week between some shooting and today in a actual practice with some contact, which again, think about any kind of back soreness or back injury, anything you do, your own movements, and obviously any kind of touch or bump or anything from an opposing player is going to cause you possibly some pain. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, of course, everything's tight-lipped. I get it. We probably won't know how today goes for Jalen Hood-Shafino. We probably won't know until right at game time. Even if he's warming up on the court looking like he might go, we may not go until right before the tip when we get that email from the IU media folks to tell us who's in, who's out, any kind of last-minute news without any real detail. Detail, uh, that we need to know. But uh, let's see if Jalen hood Shafino can get through practice today because I think even not at 100%, he probably can help this Indiana team uh, in a tough game uh, at Kansas coming up on Saturday. Also, one football note to mention, this is really, I guess, a highlight of the, uh, of the offseason for Indiana. Indiana running back Jalen Lucas, he's getting a lot of postseason honors. He had a very good fr- uh, freshman campaign for Indiana. Yesterday it was announced that uh, he has been named an All-American by the American Football Coaches Association and also the USA Today. So two big 
awards from Lucas. Uh, wondered what would happen with him after the lackluster season as far as the team goes. Would he enter the transfer portal? Would he consider other options? But so far, he seems to be steadfast with Coach Allen and the Hoosiers, and he will really be a key next year for IU football. And uh, nice to see him getting, despite Indiana's season, uh, nice to see him getting some uh, postseason honors and awards. And those are two big ones from the AFCA and obviously from the USA Today as well. I mentioned that U of L volleyball. In the final four, CC Rush is our local connection on that roster, and I mentioned this earlier in the week. You know, uh, you think about Ali Stumler at Kentucky. You think about all the Division One players that have come out of our area. A lot of them from Providence, some from other schools locally. Uh, it's really amazing the Division One volleyball standouts that we've had just from right here in Clark and Floyd counties in recent years. But tonight would be a good one. I think Louisville's the favorite in the game against Pitt. It's on ESPN, and it's scheduled to start around 9.30. Uh, first, you've got San, uh, San Diego and Texas, and uh, then obviously after that game, and who knows with uh, with how long it goes and how fast it goes, but approximately 9.30 should be the start of Louisville Volleyball and Pittsburgh tonight. So we'll see if Louisville Volleyball can take a step forward to get to that championship game. Uh, can we have another NCAA champion locally after Ali Stumler played a huge role in Kentucky winning it a few years back. Uh, can CC Rush of Providence help the Cardinals get one tonight? It does look, and I've not followed a ton of college volleyball this season, but it does look like that Louisville would be the favorite in the semifinal game, and they would obviously face very stiff cup, uh, competition uh, against either San Diego or Texas, whoever wins that first game uh, in the volleyball Final Four tonight. So we'll see how that plays out. But I know a lot of local people excited for the opportunity to watch CC Rush and Louisville Volleyball tonight. Also, another local mention, Julian Hunter of New Albany. He had a really quiet freshman year at IU Kokomo. At times, he didn't really get that much opportunity, but he has had a big season and a really big week last week. He was named River States Conference Player of the Week on Tuesday of this week for his performances last week. He averaged 23 points and 7.5 rebounds per game. He shot a 75% from the field in the two games that IU Kokomo played last week. Uh, last Tuesday, 17 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, one block shot as he came off the bench for the Cougars and a 162 win over Oakland City. Uh, so a good performance there. Then Saturday, he had 29 points, four rebounds, two assists, and one steal in a starting opportunity for IU Kokomo as the team was victorious there as well. So uh, congratulations to Julian. Great young man. Uh, was a nice player here in the area, went to IU Kokomo with hopes that maybe he could contribute there out of the gate, didn't get a whole bunch of opportunity in his freshman year. I think occasionally he got a chance, but he really has turned it up this season and has taken his game at the college level uh, to the next level, to be quite honest with you. So neat to see any local player. And there are so many stories like this, so many locals, whether it's CC Rush at Louisville playing in the Final Four or Julian Hunter at IU Kokomo having a good week at NAI college basketball. So many examples of local players from our area that were high school stars that go on to uh, do big things in college regardless the level. It's almost hard to keep up with all of them, but uh, congratulations to Julian on some success as well. One other note here in the opening segment, uh, how about Louisville basketball last night? I know we've all been watching from afar. It's not, uh, you know, not the Hoosiers. It's not a Big Ten team, but 
U of L with the following they have, and we're right here in Kentuckyana with IU, Louisville, and Kentucky. Uh, you can't tell me that if you're a basketball fan, you don't keep up with all three of the big programs here locally. Uh, but when were they going to get their first win? And as you look at the schedule, based on the lack of success and how they've looked in the few times I've had a chance to watch them on TV play, you wonder when when is that win going to come? Who are they actually going to beat on their schedule? Uh, and are they going to get any wins? Because when you get to the ACC conference, I don't think it's going to be the Big Ten this year, but it's a tough conference. So last night was a huge victory for West or for Louisville over Western Kentucky. It's not only the way that they the fact that they won the game, it's the way they won the game. I thought L. Ellis looked great last night. Uh, he has his moments where he looks like a really really special player, and other moments where he just doesn't look like the standout that he at times has been built up to be. But a big win for Louisville last night, uh, their first of the season. I think it's going to be interesting to follow Kenny Payne at Louisville. He's a great recruiter. He's got that reputation. Can that carry over to Louisville? Can his head coaching abilities and ability to hire a staff and lead a program lead to long-term success? It has been, and this is just our society today, I think, but it has been really interesting to watch Louisville fans absolutely go nuts on Kenny Payne, who is in his first year. And my answer to people is maybe he missed on a player or two from the transfer portal. I know the Wagner kid uh, he missed on. Of course, that was a shoe deal, it looked like to me, where he was so connected to Nike. And and Louisville's not a Nike school. Either is Indiana. And so he went to Kentucky. But, uh, I mean, the guy came is coming in from a coach, replacing a coach that left his position, his high-paying position at a great program all-time like Louisville in the middle of the season. So that tells you that there are and were a lot of issues there. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what Kenny Payne does from here. I wouldn't write him off yet, uh, but, boy, a lot of Louisville fans, at least going into the game last night, still winless, I think very much questioning Kenny Payne at Louisville. But uh, I think it's way too early to get into any of that. But, again, that's just the way the world works. If you don't win early and often, if you don't have success right out of the gate, uh, boy, these fans, and I, I include Indiana, but fans are tough, tough, tough on, on coaches these days, that's for sure. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall one of the longtime guests on our program. We'll talk IU basketball, Jalen Hood, Chafino, Kansas, and a lot more coming up, all brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall going to join us here in just a second. This uh, segment with Alex Bozich, which is a great one each week on our program if you're an IU basketball fan, is now brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. Todd has uh, locations in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway 
in Jeffersonville. So again, check that out. Also, Butch Coleman, Todd's father, great friend, great listener of this program, uh, known the Coleman family and all they've done in Jeff and beyond for years. He sent along a note this morning that uh, Todd, and you may have heard this in our broadcast on Friday, the new Albany Floyd Central game, Todd had a special uh, deal with Blessings in a Backpack, a great organization locally. And uh, not only did he start off with a $200 donation on Friday night to that Blessings in a Backpack organization just around that big New Albany Floyd game, but uh, for each three-pointer made, he gave an additional $10. I think there were eight three-pointers made in the game on Friday. So Todd, uh, rounding it up to a $300 donation to help that great organization that serves so many of our kids and families in this community through the schools. And uh, so appreciate Todd Coleman, Classic Furniture. And of course, Butch as well, not only for that great work, but for being one of our sponsors of high school basketball and the Hoosier Report and so many other things here on the Big X. All right, let's uh, bring Alex on. Alex, the good news of the day is, well, maybe we'll have to try again for Alex, but uh, the good news of the day is Jalen hood Shafino. Uh, he's going to practice today, according to Mike Woodson, and we'll reconnect with Alex here in just a moment and uh, get you his thoughts on that. Uh, Alex Bozich is with us now. Alex, uh, the good news for IU fans, our potential good news is Maybe Jalen hood Shafino is back on Saturday. He's going to practice today, it sounds like, according to Mike Woodson for the Hoosiers. Yeah, Matt. Sorry about the the phone difficulties there. Not sure what what happened. But, yeah, Mike Woodson spoke with us early this morning around 10.15 and updated uh, Jalen hood Shafino's status, basically saying that he's done a little bit of light work so far this week on the court and – uh, the plan is to get him out there today for practice and see how he responds. So nothing definitive in terms of him playing on Saturday. I think things are going to obviously have to go well uh, today uh, in practice. And then I believe they'll travel uh, tomorrow at some point, probably earlier in the day, out to Kansas and then play the game early Saturday afternoon. But definitely sounds like Jalen Hutchifino's, uh making progress towards a return uh, and, and we'll Indiana fans have to be crossing their fingers that uh, that return is going to be this Saturday at Kansas because I think the Hoosiers really need him uh, available uh, if they're going to go on the road and win a game. You know, I know it's hard to point to a specific player uh, that was missing, in, like Huchifino and I used last two losses and say that's the reason. I don't mean that at all, but uh, I really like what Huchifino, even in his off games or not big scoring outputs. Really like what he brings to this Indiana team. I think he's the real deal. I think he is the best, if not one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten Conference. And if he can get healthy and stay healthy, I think he as a freshman is going to do major things uh, in the Big Ten season for IU this year. Yeah, I mean, his his shooting numbers haven't been great this season, but you just look kind of his numbers overall. You know, I think he's somewhere in the range of close to nine points a game. I know over four assists and four rebounds. That's a pretty well-rounded uh, stat line, particularly for a new player. Uh, but I think the biggest thing just with him being out there is he takes some of the pressure off of uh, Xavier Johnson to not feel like he has to do so much uh, offensively and defensively. He's, you know, Huchifino's a solid defender for a freshman, someone that I think is going to continue to get better on that end of the court. But having two ball handlers on the court, uh, is very important, and when uh, since he's been out, it's really put a lot more pressure on guys like Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway to handle the ball uh, when they're in the game, and those guys just really aren't natural uh, ball handlers, point guard. Uh, they can do it in a pinch, but uh, you know it, it's kind of made it 
uh, impossible for Indiana to, to play without uh, Xavier Johnson on the court. And uh, as a result of that, I think he's maybe trying to overcompensate a little bit. Uh, too, you know, the last couple of games, I think I looked at this stat, I think he's 7-32 over his last three from the field. So, you know, even though he played really well uh, against Arizona in terms of the second half and having a high assist number, his shooting has just kind of really fallen off without Hitch Shafino on the court. So I just think Indiana really needs long-term to have both of those guys available because there's just not a lot of depth at point guard on the roster uh, beyond those two. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's really kind of uh, exploited Indiana, at least in that area, the last three games. And I know they've won, they did win the, the basket game. Um, but two of the three losses, obviously, are without Hitch Shafino available. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex, uh, big game coming up on Saturday. There is no question about that. I know Race Thompson was made available to the media just before we went live on the air this morning, so you got a mm-hmm. chance to hear him. I didn't. Race, after some big threes finally for the Hoosiers in that Arizona game, did he have anything good to say? Yeah, you know, he was asked a little bit just about his confidence in his three-point shooting, which to me, um, I, I feel like he has games where if he hits one early, it kind of can carry him, and then if he doesn't, it, he kind of get down on himself and he hesitates. And he kind of acknowledged the fact that you know sometimes he doesn't get a shot off quick enough, and that's something he worked a lot on in the off season. The other thing he was asked about, which I think is pretty interesting, going into to Saturday. You know, Kansas is a smaller team. I mean, they run Jalen Wilson at the four, and he's a smaller player. He can go off the dribble and score. He can shoot threes, and that's a tough, really tough matchup, I feel like, for Indiana. So as much of an advantage as Indiana is going to have in the paint on Saturday, they're also going to have to guard Kansas. And Kansas is a small ball team, and uh, they're playing at home. So I think Grace Thompson is going to have to play really well defensively uh, on Saturday if Indiana is going to to go to Fog Allen and make it a game and give themselves a chance to win. So that was those are really kind of the two things that Race talked about that that really stood out to me was just kind of his shooting and then that matchup uh, obviously with with Jalen Wilson on Saturday I think is really intriguing. Yeah, big game on Saturday for the Hoosiers. I, I know Alex that uh, obviously these are non-conference games. Indiana already has got a reasonable NCAA tournament resume before they get to the first of the year and the restart of a full Big Ten season. But one more win, especially a road win over Kansas, would, I think, send this team, if they can have a solid year and finish near the top or maybe at the top of the Big Ten Conference, would give this team an unbelievable uh, platform for their seeding in the NCAA tournament. But Fall Gallon, a tough place to play. This Kansas team is good. Uh, is this a game Indiana can win, or should Indiana fans just hope they keep it close on the road? Well, you never want to go into a game and say, you know, there's no chance to win because anything can happen. I mean, Kentucky went there last year and and really ran away and, and blew Kansas off the court, and Kansas went on to win the national championship. So within one game, anything can happen. I think it's an uphill battle because, you know, Kansas rarely loses at home uh, – Anytime, and it's really rare that they lose a non-conference game at home. And you know, I think from an IU standpoint, it's there's not a lot of pressure. I don't think on Indiana to go win this game. Uh, as much as uh, fans would like to see a win here, and as much as it helps the the resume, I think so far overall, if you looked at those big four marquee non-conference games coming into the season, 
I think a lot of people thought splitting the four would be good because two of them are road games, and obviously North Carolina was preseason number one. And then Arizona, everyone knew was good. Playing them on a neutral court was always going to be a tough proposition. So has already got two wins in that scenario. So if they win on Saturday, they're really, I think, exceeding expectations for what people thought they could do over those four games. So um, I, I think more pressure is on Kansas to win this game, to be honest with you. I think Indiana can go in and, and play pretty freely and, like they don't have much to lose. I don't think most people are expecting them to go in and win. Uh, obviously, they want to play better than what they did against Arizona uh, because as much as the final score I don't think was necessarily indicative of how Indiana played after they got down early, giving up a 17-0 run really put them out of the game. They just can't have a moment like that against Kansas, especially in a road atmosphere. That's, that's really what you have to avoid. <laughs> Excuse me, games are... Um, obviously, uh, there's runs going to be runs within any game, but I think when you get out on the road, your, your defense really has to travel. And Saturday was uh, against Arizona was the worst first time this season where any of the defense just really looked vulnerable. I know Arizona is one of the best offensive teams in the country, and they're going to make a lot of teams look bad, but. Indiana defensively just wasn't good enough. I think if they're going to go in uh, to Fog Allen and, and give themselves a chance to win, they're going to have to be a lot more connected defensively uh, and not really uh, give up those long, sustained runs because that's really what gets you beat uh, on the road. I mean, we see it when teams come into Assembly Hall. Indiana goes on those runs, and that's when they put games away and teams can't recover. It's the same thing when Indiana goes to a place like Kansas, you know, you give them a spurt of 10 or 12 in a row, all of a sudden the crowd gets in it, and you've got to do a lot of work to get back in. We saw it against Arizona. I mean, they got it within three, but every time they clawed back into the game, uh, they had to expound so much energy uh, to get back into the game and give themselves a chance that they just really could never sustain it. And it it's hard. I mean, when you're playing good teams, uh, you have to – be pretty much perfect uh, to win, uh, particularly a situation uh, like like Saturday. I mean, that's just going to be as tough of an environment as Indiana is going to play in all season, other than maybe Mackey Arena. So, it'd be, be I think it'd be a good measuring stick just to see where they are as a team. I wouldn't expect them uh, going in to win the game though. Alex Vozich inside the hall. This segment again brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex, uh, I was looking at it. You know, pregame fodder out there from newspapers and and other places, and I always look to see what opponents uh, and their mm-hmm. beat writers say about the Hoosiers. And I saw a story that listed three possible approaches for how Kansas and their defense could try to contain or slow down uh, Trace Jackson Davis. That's when you know when there's a a story on you and about how to possibly three different ways possibly to slow you down that you've you've made it to not only the top of your team but the top of college basketball as well. Uh, have we seen anything so far in some of these recent games like Arizona and Xavier and some of the other big non-conference games, and I guess the two Big Ten games so far? One of them, Trace, did seem to get slowed down or maybe slowed himself down, but is there is is there a, an approach, a defensive approach that has slowed Trace's charge down some, or has he been able to fight through most of the different schemes and double teams and all the craziness that will be thrown and has been thrown at him so far this year? You know, it's it's interesting. You know, if I was game planning against him, uh, wanting to slow him down, I I would really try to be uh, cognizant of where he's catching the ball. Um, you know, I think when he gets the ball in the post and has to back down against 
more physical players. That's kind of sometimes when he can struggle. I don't know that Kansas has really the look to be as disruptive uh, defensively at the rim as a team like Arizona or even North Carolina with Baycott being a shot blocker. And some of these Big Ten games we're going to see with, with Dickinson and uh, Zach Eady. You know, if you look back to the Xavier game, where he played really well, and, and Xavier has legitimate size with, with Nunji and Fremantle, but they did a really poor job of um, just letting Trace catch the ball in space and have some freedom to make a move. Um, and I think teams are going to really try to jam him up when he catches the ball. I think the most important thing to do is to not let him get to his first move and make him give the ball up because then um, – you know, if he if he he's a good enough athlete with the ball that he can he can make those moves and get past. And he's you know, he's quicker than most big guys. And if he can get to his first or second move, a lot of times it's going to be a bucket. So I think Kansas is going, probably going to uh, be very aggressive just in terms of bringing pressure towards him um, and try to make other guys beat you. That's what I would do. I mean, I, I would go into a game and say, okay, if you know if Miller Cop's going to make five or six threes or Xavier Johnson's going to make three or four threes, or Race Thompson's going to make three or four threes, okay, we can live with that. But we can't live with Trace Jackson Davis going one-on-one to the rim and dunking on guys and getting fouled. I just don't think that's a path to, to beating Indiana. I think you have to do what you can to get the ball out of his hands and aggressively send help to where he is forced to, to get the ball up. He's a pretty good passer out of those situations, but I think he's most dangerous when he's on the move and uh, can get out on the floor and use his quickness to get by guys, and, and that's I think what Kansas is really going to want to avoid. What what did the uh, the piece that you were referencing that Matt? What did, what did they kind of say just in terms of what the potential approaches would be? Well, the one was KJ Adams, who I think just had his best offensive game of his Kansas career so far. Is that maybe he would have to leave that offensive focus and maybe be the key point to uh, to guard Trace Jackson Davis, and they break down different ways that he could do that. Uh, uh-huh. That was kind of the lead part of the story. So uh, who, who knows what they'll throw at him? But I, know, I do know that KJ Adams played really has been playing really well for Kansas, scoring right. the basketball. So it'll be interesting to see if he can do both. If ultimately he gets the chief assignment against TJD. Yeah, um, it, it, the, uh, the, Kansas is not a big team. They're not a great rebounding team. I think they lost to, to Tennessee something like sixty-four to fifty. I think that was the final score. Tennessee is a bigger, more physical team, and I, I just don't think they want to get into a, a situation where they're having to uh, ha- have getting the, where Indiana's getting the ball inside consistently and giving themselves looks at, at, at good teams. I mean, Indiana shot the ball well from three this year. Uh, they were, I think, what ten for twenty-five, something like that, uh, against Arizona. You know, if I'm Kansas, I make them do that again. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get beat by. Trace Jackson Davis or Malik Renew or Race Thompson shooting layups. I'm going to make guys make threes, and if they do, then you know, hit your cap. But you know that that hasn't been the norm over the last couple of seasons for Indiana, and I think you know it's a big mistake if they try to just go one on one with Trace. Uh, I think that's going to end poorly for the Jayhawks if they do that. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, let's talk a little Big Ten basketball. I asked uh, someone this earlier in the week, but. Purdue, the number one team in the country right now. Did you see that coming at all in the off season? And do you think the Boilermakers are a legit number one right now? Did not see it coming, but anything that Matt Painter does at this point doesn't uh, surprise me. 
Matt, I think we kind of share the same belief and have for a long time that in terms of a coach being able to maximize his talent, uh, he does it as well as anybody. I know there's going to be some that would say, you know, he doesn't always perform in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's true, but Matt Painter is just a really good coach, and he's, he's really fun to listen to, to talk about basketball. Indiana fans obviously don't want to hear good things about Purdue, but, you know, you tip your cap to Matt Painter. He, he knows how to run a program. He's, to me, uh, one of the two or three best, if not the best coach right now in the Big Ten, just in terms of sustained success now over a long period of time. Um, I've just been surprised at how good their freshman guards have played. I mean, I know how hard it is for a freshman to come in the Big Ten and play well, and Braden Smith and Lawyer, I mean, they've they've come in and and really played like veterans. Uh, We'll see how sustainable that is over the course of a season. I think – Freshmen at some point inevitably hit a wall and have their struggles and look like freshmen. That's going to happen a time or two. But so far, they've been great at utilizing what is basically a cheat code, which is Zach Eady and his dominance in the paint. He's unguardable. I mean, when he catches the ball at a certain point, uh, good luck on stopping him. Uh, his credit, he's playing more minutes. He's in better shape. He's gotten better every year. Um, he's just really tough to stop. I mean, he's never going to be a guy probably that's playing uh, a ton of minutes or anything in the NBA, but for a college player, that's about as dominant as it gets, and they've really done a good job. It seems like it, almost every year they've had a a really good big man, Matt. I mean, they've, they've done a great job over the same period of time of developing big men, recruiting to their system, and they throw the ball in the post and make you stop them, and right now they got a guy that can't be stopped. So until that changes, I mean, I think they deserve all the – the credit that they're getting, and they've got as good of a resume as anybody. They beat a lot of really solid teams. They've got a ton of high major wins. They're battle-tested. So, to me right now, they're the the team to beat in the Big Ten. Alex, I know you and I both also really like Illinois as well. They've had a good start Mm -hmm. to the season, and definitely, I think, a team to watch in the Big Ten. But any other surprises through the two conference little preview games we got from everybody a few weeks ago or any of the big non-conference wins as far as Big Ten teams go. Anything stand out to you that maybe you didn't see coming uh, before the season when we last talked about the Big Ten as a whole? Yeah, I think Michigan State and Michigan both have disappointed me a little bit for, kind of for different reasons. Michigan State started out pretty well and you know took Gonzaga to the wire in that early game and beat Kentucky, but they've kind of – struggled and lost at home to Northwestern. Uh, you can't really be considered a, a Big Ten contender at this point if you're losing uh, home games uh, to Northwestern. To their credit, they did you know, bounce back and go get that win at Penn State, which I thought was, was very impressive. But Michigan State, to me, um, I thought they'd be better than this. Um, maybe I uh, overestimated their talent. Uh, I don't think they're the most talented team, but I, I kind of gave uh, coming into the season you know, a Big Ten that to me, looked to be down a little bit. Uh, I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt and thought they'd be better than this so far. So to me, they've been a bit of a disappointment. Michigan is disappointing for maybe a different reason. They've now lost their point guard uh, for the season, Jalen Llewellyn, the, the transfer from Princeton, who I thought would, would be an impact guy, uh, struggled early, and now he's done with an ACL tear, and they're – really thin now at the guard position. They're not very good defensively, and really with Hunter Dickinson, uh, that's kind of the go-to guy, and, and Jed Howard obviously is having a really good season and could potentially be a first-round pick, but I think Michigan 
uh, is going to have a hard time finishing in the top half of the Big Ten based on uh, what I've seen so far. And I, they're a team that I, I thought could be in the mix there in the top four or five. But as of right now, I just don't see that happening with the Wolverines. Yeah, let's go. Alex, let's go through a couple college basketball things in general. Before we let you go, Chris Beard at mm-hmm. Texas, that situation is not good. Where does Texas go from here, and what happens to Chris Beard, in your opinion? Don't know, um, because the situation, obviously, there's a legal process that has to play out, and um, it's just a very sad situation. You don't ever want to see a report about that, regardless of if it's college basketball coach or just anybody in the community. Uh, that, that stuff, to me, is just uh, something that can't be tolerated. Obviously, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, and we'll see how the process plays out, but I think so far Texas has handled it. Uh, like they should have, you know, he shouldn't obviously be the coach right now and they should let the the facts come out and figure the situation out as best they can. But it's just a really disappointing uh, thing uh, to see happen. And uh, they, you know, obviously they came into the season with a ton of expectations. They've been a pretty good team, but their season now has been uh, derailed. I feel bad for the the players because, you know, it has nothing to do with them, but this is going to be following them around all season. I think Texas needs to act as swiftly as they can. Uh, once they have the the facts of the situation and and know kind of which direction they want to go, uh, they need to make a decision and not let it drag on because uh, it's just not fair for anybody involved. And obviously, I hope everything with with Chris Beard's family is uh, is good and, and nobody was was hurt as a result of this because it's just really disappointing to see something like that happen. Yeah, no question. One other thing, Louisville basketball got their first mm-hmm. win of the season last night uh, over Western Kentucky and. From what I saw, they actually played decent at times. Are, are yep. Louisville fans, or is this just the world today, Louisville fans crazy to get so sorry at Kenny Payne this early for the team and their lack of performance when we know Chris Mack uh, jetted in the middle of the season last year and all the just myriad of issues that have been over this Louisville uh, basketball and athletics program now for years. Uh, but are, are, are fans just that uh, – uh, I don't want to say greedy, but for that quick a reaction, that quick a success. To, I mean, there there have been people really sour at this guy. I mean, he's just coming in in year one, and maybe he missed a couple times in the transfer portal, but I'm not sure he's got a whole bunch of things to work with. So your reaction to that whole situation there? Yeah, I'm kind of mixed on the whole thing. Uh, like like you, I was, I was high on the, the hire. I thought he'd do a good job. Uh, I think he really just kind of dug himself a hole early, losing those three games uh, by one. Uh, if they could have won just a couple of those games, I think the the feeling around the team is completely different. And then really that stretch after that with Maui and some of those other games, they just didn't really look like they were competitive at all. And, you know, I, I, you listen to kind of the radio around here and different talk shows, and a lot of people like to point out, well, they've got four stars and they've got a five, you know, whatever. Um that doesn't necessarily matter if it's not the right mixture of talent. I mean, you can't kind of throw have to throw it out the window. I mean, Christian Lander was a was a five star coming into college. It doesn't mean he was a five star performer when you actually make it to college. And I think really the biggest misstep that that maybe he made was just kind of keeping maybe too many guys that were holdovers. I know you want to kind of hold things together, but I, I think they could have went out. And, and gotten even if they had to bring guys from a lower level, guys that maybe were a little bit more hungry uh, to to play at this level and would have played a little harder. I did watch a lot of the game last night, and I will say it's the hardest that I've, I've seen them play so far this year. And they were making shots, and they actually looked like a 
you know, a solid team, if they play like that night in and night out, uh, they could win, you know, four or five ACC games and uh, be a be a team that is competitive at home. I mean, Western Kentucky uh, didn't play any defense, really, from what I saw. It was a really high-scoring game and, uh, you know, back and forth for a lot of the second half. I, d- I just think fans have a be- right to be a little bit concerned based on the fact that they were just so non-competitive in a lot of those games. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was even close. They were just getting blown out, and it didn't look like they were playing hard or engaged. And I think that has to be somewhat on the coaching staff, too, to get guys ready uh, to play uh, and to play hard and, and be ready night in and night out, and that just wasn't evident. But last night it was, uh, you know, a much better performance, and, and I hope they can – turn it around and find some success here the rest of the way but you know i you know i agree with you i mean it's just the players that they have is just a weird mix you know and and like i said you you can it's if you want to be that guy that says hey they've got this many four stars and this many five stars and whatever three stars and they should be better than this i mean the pieces have to fit together and the guys have to be kind of on the same page and that clearly wasn't happening uh at all early in the season and that that is on the coaching staff to get that figured out but i think at least you, know, you can't talk about just getting rid of a guy after you know a month or a month and a half if, if you hired this this person to kind of turn your program around you got to at least give them a chance to to actually do that absolutely alex bozich inside the hall he's with us thursdays alex thanks for the chat yeah matt have a good one This segment has been brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations, two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back for a little more IU chat and a look ahead at the weekend with high school basketball. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Final quick segment to uh, take us to the top of the hour. And uh, glad you're with us today. Don't forget, if you miss the live show, you can always find us as a podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Uh, Friday night, Providence and Floyd Central, our second big rivalry game broadcast of the season. John Spears of the uh, – of the uh, great uh, noon show here on the Big X. We'll have play-by-play from that game on Friday night. John is uh, here at the studio with us now, and uh, but he'll, you can catch him with that on Friday's pregame show around 7.15 and tip off in that uh, big rivalry game. That's a good one, the Pioneers and the Highlanders around 7.30 on Friday night. We'll also have a high school game for you, it looks like, on Saturday night as well. So those things coming up this weekend in addition to IU Kansas and so much more here on the Big X. Justin Kalen, the producer of this program. Justin, I noticed through the glass earlier when I was talking with Alex Bozich about Jalen Hood Chafino and maybe if he's uh, back for Saturday but not at full strength, he could still help this team based on 
what we've seen him do himself and to help set others up as well. And your head was shaking in a big way. Uh, I, I can tell, I, I can can read, I've felt this now for a while. You're a big fan of freshman Jalen hood Shafino. I am, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and everybody should be, really. He's, he's a great ball player. I had high expectations for him when he signed with Indiana. And then just him coming in, you heard all the good reports over the summer. And then actually getting to watch him play basketball for Indiana – you could just tell the kid has a high basketball IQ. He knows where he needs to be on the floor at all times. He's a just a great floor general. As much as I love Xavier Johnson, Jalen Hood Shafino just has that it factor that X doesn't. X can have that at times, but not always the way that Jalen does. I'm I'm a huge Jalen fan. Whether he's 100% or not absolutely helps this team. I know we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him Saturday. He's going to practice today, Mike Woodson said earlier in the day today. Uh, he's been shooting around this week. We know that. But uh, with this injury, this probably makes his question a little tougher to answer because he's missed some games now. But you think he's in Bloomington more than this season? I do. Yeah, I, I think he's a two-year guy. I mean, unless he just completely explodes on the scene in, in March in the tournament, Indiana wins a couple games because of him. I, I Yeah, I just do. I, I think he's at least there two years. All right. Two years, any more than two years might be a blessing, um, but I, I think two years. Yeah, yeah, that would be big for Indiana. I don't think there's any any question about that. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. Again, Friday night, Floyd Central and Providence pregame coverage begins at 715. Uh, another big game that night, I'm sure John will do his best to uh, keep you posted, is Silver Creek and Jeffersonville. So I think that game is at Silver Creek. Two kind of games with rivalry feels on Friday night here in the Southern Indiana High School basketball scene. So those will both be uh, coming your way Friday night. Don't forget, again, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And I'll be back with you Friday. We've got Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, that will join our Friday program. Also, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. And we will get you all set up to send you into the weekend and the big IU-Kansas game coming up, a noon tip-off from Lawrence, Kansas, on Saturday afternoon. Have a great Thursday. Back with you Friday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.